So today's reading is from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 14, and that's found on page 1027, 1027. That's Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 14, page 1027. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Luke, thank you for reading for us. And let me add my... Uh, welcome to you, and uh, also to wish you a very happy Christmas. Uh, great to, to gather together uh, on Christmas Day. But I found myself thinking, what, what makes for a happy Christmas? Uh, and uh, as I thought about that, I thought, well, obviously coming to church, that's the, that's the main thing. But okay, after coming to church, what else makes for a happy Christmas? And I thought of three scenes through Christmas Day uh, that might make for a happy Christmas Day. Um, And the first of those scenes um, is, of course, the present opening. Um, I mean, how do you do it? Do you you end up with sort of lots of messy Christmas paper on the floor? Or are you um, you of the more obsessional type and you've got it all flattened out and folded over and ready for next year? Well, whichever way you do it, I mean, there's some presents left. So I need some help to uh, open this one. Uh, Who could give me a hand with that? Uh, let me see, who might be able to give me a hand with that? Yeah, do you want to come? Um, so, uh, we need... I mean, it makes for a happy Christmas day, doesn't it? Opening a Christmas present. So there you go. You open that one up, see what's inside. Thanks. Looks good. Looking good. It looks like a... Remote control. A remote control car. Very good. Now, that's nice. That's nice. But now, suppose that alongside this remote control car, I I told you that um, there came an assistant with it who was going to turn up every time you got the remote control car out, and uh, he was going to tell you where you had to use it, 
Uh, he'd make you rule the instruction manual from front to, to, to back. Uh, he'd tell you what the rules were for playing with it. Uh, he'd tell you which course you could go on. Uh, he would tell you when you started and when you finished. He'd, he'd instruct everything about the way that this car was to be used. And you'd find yourself thinking, oh, spoiler. I, know, I just wanted to get on and play with my toy. And now suddenly I've got somebody instructing me about when I can use it and, and how and what. That'd be miserable, wouldn't it? Well, uh, we'll let you take this. And the other thing you need is batteries. And when I'm up up, I couldn't remember whether it was an AA or a AAA. So you better have both um, for the remote control. Thank you very much. But here's the thing. If you had a spoiler like that, wouldn't it be miserable? Because you think you've got something really good and, and now ruined. And some people think that the Christian faith is very much like that. They think that. The Christian faith is like having somebody in your life who, who has all these rules and regulations Who's, who's always there telling you how you can do things and, and just spoiling your fun. Some people think the Christian faith is like that. But Christmas says that it's not at all like that. Jesus coming says it's not at all like that. Uh, and there's a verse from the Bible that will help us make sense of it. It's in envelope number one, uh, which is dotted around. Anyone spot envelope number one? Anyone see it nearby? Someone grab it and pull it over. Who's nearby? David's going to do it for me. Thank you, David. That's great. Thank you very much. We'll see what's inside. So, got three verses from John's Gospel. Here's the first one. Jesus said, I haven't come to spoil. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. The point of Jesus' coming wasn't to, to ruin things to spoil things and make them miserable. Now, the point of Jesus was so that we might have life as good as it possibly can be. Have the very best life. Have life to the max. So there's our first scene. Now, what do you think of what of our second scene? Uh, what else do we do that makes for a really good, happy Christmas day? Well, it's got to be food, isn't it? Uh, we want a nice uh, Christmas meal. So I've got myself uh, a, a nice Christmas table here all set out. And I'm guessing that there are some people who are actually not listening to me at all just at the minute. And you know why? Because they're the cooks. And mentally, they've just zoned out. You're not listening to what I've got to say. You're thinking, sprouts, sprouts, 12.45. Roast potatoes, 11.45. Bread sauce, 12.57. Turkey. Oh, no, I forgot to put the turkey in. I can't believe it. The turkey's not in. Um, and you're just about to slide out the door quietly when no one's watching. Actually, probably most of the cooks aren't even here. Most of the cooks are probably at home. So can we just find that out? Are, are there any cooks? If you're chief cook in your household today, put a hand up. Chief cooks. Hey, a good smattering. Round of applause for the chief cooks. Well done, all of you. Now, over the past few weeks, we've had a little um, note in our, in our service sheet saying, um, if, you, if you haven't got anywhere to go on Christmas Day, 
we'd love to link you up with the family and, uh, and like to sort that out for you. So just let us know if you've not got anywhere to go. Now, suppose we had a late applicant. Suppose they'd only got around to telling us today that they needed somewhere to go. And suppose I was pick out one of you chief cooks, like, like Nigel over there. Very impressive, Nigel. Um, and I go and say to Nigel, listen, Nigel, I've got, I've got this, this extra person. Um, you know, would it be okay? He can come and have lunch with you. And Nigel will be thinking to himself, ooh, don't know, um, rearranging the table, think where he's going to sit, be a bit tricky. No, I think we can fit him in. Will the food spread? Bad enough to go around? Probably okay. Uh, and Nigel, he's a nice man. He'd probably say, all right, all right. But then what I said, well, the thing you need to know about this bloke is that actually he's a cordon bleu chef. <laughs> and actually, as it happens, his speciality of all specialities is turkey with all the trimmings. See, now Nigel's thinking something rather different, isn't he? He's thinking to himself, oh, my word. He's going to be watching my every move. He's going to be keeping an eye on everything that I do. You know, is my cooking going to come up to scratch? What will he think of me? You know, will, will, the, will the turkey be burnt? Probably will if this talk goes on much longer. You know, my parsnips, they'll be limp. My, my sprouts, they'll be rubbery. And I'll have this bloke just sort of looking at it. Wouldn't it be terrible to feel criticized and condemned, to be made to feel rubbish by somebody? Now, the thing is, some people reckon that the Christian faith is a bit like that. They reckon that, that what God does is he just gazes down on us, trying to catch us out, waiting for the moment to wag his finger and tell us how badly we've done uh, and what rotten people we are and make us feel awful about ourselves. But the Christmas message says Christianity is not like that at all. That's not at all how Christmas says it. And that's not at all why Jesus came. Uh, number two will help us with that. Anyone uh, grab number two and bring it over? Yeah, pull it off down there. Whiz it up the front. Because there's another verse in John's Gospel that helps us with that. Thank you very much. Um, and this verse uh, says to us, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus didn't come that first Christmas in order to come wagging his finger, telling everybody off, making everybody feel awful about themselves. Uh, Jesus' purpose wasn't to come and condemn the world, but to save the world, to give us life to the full, to mean that all the things that go wrong, he came to sort them out. All the mistakes we made, he came to put those right. Our Christianity is not something that is full of criticism, but full of blessing. So, two scenes. First, the present unwrapping, and now the meal. What do you reckon is the third thing that makes for a really happy Christmas day? I reckon it's the end of the day, don't you? The end of the day when all the jobs are done, all the guests have gone home, and you can get your favorite armchair, get out your slippers, sit down in the, in the chair. Maybe, I don't know what you want to do. You want to you read your favorite book? 
or, or you want dominance of the remote control, total control over that, have your favorite cup of tea or something else at the end of the day, well, that'd be great. Is that the moment you're looking forward to? That makes for a really happy Christmas day. But what if I told you that that cordon bleu chef bloke, well, the thing is, not only has he got nowhere to go for lunch, he's actually a bit short somewhere to stay as well. So if it'd be okay, he'd quite like to stay overnight. Well, actually, he's not got much for the next week or so, in fact. And New Year's is a bit dull for him. So could he just stay all the way through? That would be fine, wouldn't it? And you're thinking to yourself, oh, I was so looking forward to a little bit of peace and quiet on my own. Finally, nobody around. And it would just be us and the family, and I could relax and chill. And now, I'm going to have this stranger wandering around, and I have to make polite conversation with him. I have to sort of be on my best behavior. And so often people think that Christianity is a bit like that. A bit awkward having Jesus in your life. You've got to be on your best behavior all the time. It just sort of feels a bit strange having somebody else involved in your life. Don't like that very much. It feels a bit awkward, a bit uncomfortable. Only the Christmas message says it's not like that at all. And Jesus coming wasn't for that at all. You've been waiting to go. I'm impressed. Number three is go. Do you want to bring that one? Terrific. Come on to the front, because there's another verse that will help us to think about that. It comes from John's Gospel as well. Fantastic job. Thank you very much. Because this verse tells us that Jesus didn't come to come and be a sort of a temporary visitor. Jesus didn't come and sort of hang around for 30 years, preach a few sermons, set a good example, and then disappear again. No, Jesus came for much more than that. Anyone who loves me, Jesus said, will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. What a fantastic verse that is. Jesus didn't uh, come into this world so that he could be an occasional, distant visitor to our world or to our lives. Now, Jesus' intention was to come and make his home with us, to get up close and personal with us, uh, to enter into the closest of relationships with you and I. That's what Jesus came for. Three scenes. We think that the things that we have, the stuff in our life, will just get spoiled if we let Jesus in on it. But they won't. He came to give us life to the full. We think that the stuff we do, Jesus will just be critical of and make us feel rubbish. He won't. He didn't come to condemn us, but to save us, sort out our problems, not make them feel worse. And we imagine that somehow having Jesus in our life is going to feel sort of awkward and uncomfortable. Whereas actually he came to make his home with us. That's why the Christmas message is so brilliant. That's why it's such good news. That's why it's so full of joy. I don't know if you heard in the reading uh, when uh, Luke was reading earlier on. There's a moment when the shepherds were terrified. The angels had appeared and they were terrified. 
Uh, but then the angel spoke. Uh, and uh, number four, somewhere? Someone see number four? Ah, brilliant. And this is what the angels thank you. This is what the angels had to say. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It's the reason we celebrate today. It's the reason that Christmas is intended to be very, very happy. Because this Jesus that was born as a baby didn't come to spoil our lives didn't come to to criticize us. No, he came to make his home with us, to dwell with us forever. The most precious gift of all. Let me lead us in a prayer. Our Father God, we thank you for uh, the rich, rich blessings of Christmas. Uh, Thank you that uh, uh, in sending Jesus, uh, you sent your Son, so that we might have life to the full. You sent your Son to save us from all of the mistakes and errors we made. And you sent your Son so that you might make your home with us, bound up with our very lives, because to have you in our lives is to have life to the very full. For these precious things... Uh, We praise you in Christ's name. Amen.